You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And as promised, for the last month, we had promised that we would have the legendary, nationally known Banks and Shane on America's Web Radio. And we do. And we're going to start with just a little snippet of one of the most hated songs in the United States, I think. (laughs) And... (laughs) Everybody that's been to uh, Disney World at one time or the other, and and it's I don't know who wrote it, but however they got it, it's one of those things that once you hear it, then you're going to keep playing it over and over and over again in your mind. Probably the same person that wrote Happy Birthday. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) So, without further ado, uh, we'll see if um, if you feel the same way we do, and then we'll explain why we're why we're playing. Yeah, you're going to explain to us, too. (laughs) Take it away, Polly. I can't even... I can't even... It's a small small world, after all. Just in case you didn't recognize it. Are we playing Name That Tune? I need more notes. (laughs) Not yet, but that's later in the... That's next another thing. No, we. Uh, I decided, as we have had show after show after show for the last uh, few years, but th- this past year, 2020, and I won't go into any great de- details about it from a personal standpoint. But as most of you know, we've we've had a lot of negativism, to say the least, and uh, we're still getting it, and. Uh, I decided a couple of months ago that I had to figure out some way to bring some kind of smile to people's face. Uh, you know, I know I get a lot of laughter if I'm ever on on uh, the camera and people laugh at what I look like. But beyond that, uh, I, I wanted to bring some cheer into the world. And uh, I've known these two gentlemen, Banks and Shane, since... Um, I started the radio station in Sandy Springs, and uh, they were always very kind. That we'd, uh, I'd go to their concerts, and uh, then I lost touch. And uh, I uh, called a gentleman that we have to salute, and uh, well, I do. Well, I guess you do too, Shane. Or you know, uh, but anyway. So this is all partly due to a gentleman named. Roger Wise. Hello, Roger. Hope you're listening. Roger Wise. Roger Wise. He is all over the place. But <laughs> that is the truest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> he is all over the place. And if you don't know Roger Wise, then you don't know you don't know nothing. You know, <laughs> you ain't in touch or something. But uh, Roger's out there, and he is a great, great gentleman, and. Uh, he is. He is. Ama- he's made it a point all his life to uh, meet no folks, and uh, so when when I wanted to get a hold of Banks and Shane, who do I call? Roger Wise, and uh, within minutes I was calling Banks Burgess, and I was I was totally well taken aback that you even remembered me when I first called. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, Remember your station in, in Sandy Springs. Yeah. Appreciate and, uh, your support over the years. 
Well, you all are just, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk to you about, maybe I can put a, a statue up out here. I just don't want anybody to pull it over. <laughs> you know, someplace in Atlanta, Georgia, we ought to have a, a statue of Banks and Shane. Well, I think it needs to at least be covered with an umbrella just to protect it from the pigeons. From the pigeons. From the birds. Yeah, <laughs> the pigeons. We, we... <laughs> no, they wouldn't do that, would they? We just have a recording going all the time in front of him. That'd scare them all. <laughs> yeah, play some of our records. That, yeah. should, that should scare the birds. <laughs> but, no, so anyway, we uh, we started the show this morning with uh, Paul playing uh, the most hated song that Disney World ever put out, I think. Trying to and, play it. <laughs> well, you did a good job. Yeah, you always do a good job. But um, it's a small world. Uh, and when... Banks came in, and we were talking about uh, uh, doing this show, and who knows where this is going to lead, but we got to talking about it, and I think it was that you saw my Texas Tech stuff up on the wall. It was, and I had done a little research on your station following your call, and uh, it noticed that you were raised in Lubbock, Texas. And, and Lubbock was was uh, uh, one of the first places that we ever played out on the road. We went on the road in 1973, I think, and or either late 73 or early 74, and we played at a little place uh, in Lubbock called the, the Brookshire Inn on Southwest 50th. And uh, so you and I got, I looked on your bio, and that's where I saw that you were from Lubbock. And I used to have a bumper sticker on my van that said Ski Lubbock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it yeah. is the flattest yep. place on earth. I've heard that if you go out in, into the cotton fields and look out in the horizon, if you look real closely, you can see the back of your own head. <laughs> <laughs> and we were out there several times when you had, when you had the sand blowing. Oh. And uh, I remember talking to a friend. That's how that, I got here on the same yeah. side. It just well, blew me over here. Well, the, and our friend out there, I said, it, I said you, uh, this is some storm. And he said, yeah, this is one of the best ones we've ever had. <laughs> you know, and it was, I you, was walking across campus in a sandstorm, and uh, they had just put new lighting up on it. Back then it was called Jones Stadium. Now I think it's uh, AT&T Stadium or something, whatever they call it. But anyway, they had just put new lighting up. And this storm, this sandstorm and wind was so bad, it just literally folded the the lights. Well, right? I've never seen such a thing. I mean, it would you could have your car windows completely up, and it would get in your inside your car. Oh, yeah. it's almost as bad as the pollen that we're having right now. <laughs> well, my my aunt was driving to her ranch outside of Tucumcari, New Mexico, had just bought a brand new Buick from Skog and Dickie Buick, and I think you all probably know that name as well. But anyway. I know Hilltop uh, Barbecue. Well, no, I know Hilltop Barbecue. And we know Pinkies. But uh, anyway, <laughs> she was she was driving to uh, Tucumcari, New Mexico, and in a sandstorm, and it literally took all the paint off, took it right down to the metal. Goodness Amazing. Goodness. Yeah, so people uh, don't know what Lubbock's about. So I want to do go back to It's a Small World. When Banks came over and we were talking and talking about Lubbock, and I I never knew Banks to be a name dropper, but that's he started dropping names in Lubbock, Texas, and one of the first that he dropped was a lady that is a beautiful, beautiful lady, and her name's Rosie Santafer, and I've known Rosie since 
grade school. Amazing, wow. amazing artist. Oh yeah, absolutely, and uh, and a good gal too. Oh, she is, and uh, you know it's funny. My my son graduated from Texas A and M, and every time we'd go to A and M, we'd walk by the petroleum building, and the the roughneck out there was is one of Rose's. Uh, Works. Oh, really? And, yeah. yeah. And uh, when she she used to do a lot of sculpting, and uh, she's sort of I think she sort of got in, gotten totally away from that. But um, you know, I think of her every time I'd walk past the petroleum building. She and did portraits of Paul and myself that uh, we hold to this day and are very proud of. They, she did a Mickey really, and Minnie, right? Yeah. <laughs> Small <No>. world. <laughs> Mutt and Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> no, she is she is great, and we want to. Um, one other thing, she's recovering from surgery, from uh, shoulder surgery. And Rosie, I hope you're doing fantastic. And uh, they're not having the sandstorms. They have had them recently, but not having them right now anyway. Yeah, we love you, Rosie. Yeah, Rose, we miss you. We played. We uh, we rode motorcycles one time, and you know where post. It post was called Texas? the post. Yeah. yeah. It was called the post enduro. <laughs> and we've rented some motorcycles and rode this in the, this enduro, and I think it was an all-day thing. Well, it was for us because and then, all, all three bikes broke down. Yeah. It was a two two fifty mile lapse, it was, huh. and uh, we, we unbelievable. We were uh, we were uh, we broke both all three bikes broke down. So everybody's looking to finish line of the first lap, and we come. Pushing our motorcycles, <laughs> and I think we worked that night, didn't we? Uh, I think we worked the night before. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Who <laughs> <Ooh>, boy? <laughs> so you know, and, and uh, Lubbock, like um, my hometown, and uh, a lot of stars have come from Lubbock. Mac Davis, uh, obviously, Buddy Holly is the biggest known, probably. Waylon, Aylin Waylon Jennings, yes, sir, and. Uh, you know, it just—it uh, was a great place to grow up in, and uh, you can't find a whole lot nicer folks. Absolutely, we we um, we just uh, lost a, a close friend of both Paul and myself, Dewitt Weaver, and Dewitt grew up in in Lubbock. Dewitt was a champion golfer, but his father was the uh, head coach head of coach the, of the Texas. Tech. Uh, yeah. In fact, one more little part of that is he got Texas Dewitt Weaver Senior. Got Texas Tech in the Southwest Conference. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Yeah, he was the one that instigated it, and and uh, obviously the Southwest Conference now has been dismantled a number of years ago. But uh, we were in Tech was in some little nothing, nothing, nothing conference, and uh, D. Witt Weaver got us into that was his claim to fame. Well, Dewitt uh, ended up being a, a great, great golfer and a great, a great. Uh, uh, first of all, he was just one of the best people. But he used to tell this story on himself. He graduated from Lubbock High and went scholarship to SMU, play football and golf. And um, they, they used to have on Thanksgiving Day they used to have a freshman game between SMU and and TCU, and it was in the Cotton Bowl, and it was a precursor to uh, the. Texas TCU, you know, varsity game. And DeWitt was quarterback, and he, he, he said he was rolling out and to his right, and he was just about to throw the ball, and he got hit by Bob Lilly. <laughs> 
And he said, when I woke up, the first thing I said was, where is the nearest golf course? And he turned in his pads the very next Monday and, and said, I'm going to concentrate on golf instead of football, and which is a great thing that he did. But he also played behind Don Meredith at, at SMU. Uh, hmm. So he had a pretty, pretty colorful football life, too. It, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, I never knew uh, DeWitt, who was a bit older than me. Um, but, um, you know, Tech, tech has um, turned out some interesting folks, and uh, just Lubbock has turned out some interesting folks. But I don't want to talk about my hometown the whole time. Uh, I want to talk about Banks and Shane and... Uh, also, this will be the first of a number of times we're going to mention them. Where are you all playing now? We, go ahead, Paul. Well, we've been doing some live streaming shows from the Red Clay Music Foundry in Duluth, Georgia. And uh, we've got one coming up on May 8th. But we've been, you know, during this year of the pandemic, we haven't played that much. So every time we show up on stage... Our challenge is to see if we can recall the words to the songs that we've been singing for <laughs> 45, 49 years. Well, the funny thing about that, too, is that, you know, there are songs that, that we've been doing for, you know, years and years and years. And typically, one of us will sing a verse, and then we'll do a chorus, and the next one, and the next guy, Paul, will sing a verse, and we'll trade verses in the song and join together on the choruses. And the funniest thing is that uh, that I only know my verses. <laughs> Although I only know been, my verses. Only, we've been doing these songs for almost 50 years, and, and we can't, we, I can only do verse 1 and verse 3, and Paul can only do verse 2 and verse 4. We were, there was, I don't remember what song it was, but we were in the middle of it, and you turned to me and said, what, what's the word? And I said, I don't know, I don't know your verse. It's your song. <laughs> but, so, um, <clears throat> go ahead. How, how did you all meet? Well, the summer after uh, my junior year in college at, at Georgia, I had a buddy that I'd taught to play the guitar, and we knew about ten songs. And the summer after our junior year, we decided we were going to go down to Florida and play and sing, and we weren't coming back until school started. You have to tell them the name of the duo. Well, we called ourselves the Other Brothers. Uh, that was, <laughs> it, it thought that was pretty catchy. and <laughs> Uh, it wasn't, but we thought it was. And so we wandered around the, the west coast of Florida and found ourselves in St. Petersburg. And we were just about out of money. And we had we didn't have any money left, but we had a gasoline credit card that could we knew we could get home. And we got a job playing uh, around the pool at this hotel out in uh, St. Pete Beach, Treasure Island area. And on our nights off, everybody was talking about this nightclub in downtown St. Petersburg and they called A.B. and Mike's Down Under and the two guys that owned it, one was a uh, law student, the other guy taught uh, I think English at mm-hmm. junior college there. And so Tommy and I, my sidekick and me wandered into the place and Paul was in the band playing playing bass and singing and stuff. And 
you know, Paul is, has one of those faces that is, is, <laughs> you can't has, see it. It hasn't aged. He looks exactly the same as he did 50 years ago. So we were young, and I remember the first question he asked us. You know, we said, "Well, yes, sir. Uh, we, yes, sir. We'd like to. We'd like good, to sing with y'all, if good, you, if, sir. Good and, Southern boys. And, you know, but uh, so anyway, <laughs> we started filling in at the Down Under on the nights when they didn't have uh, live entertainment, and Paul started sitting in with us, and the three of us became very close friends, and Paul and I stayed in touch after that, and when I got out of the service. Paul was in in uh, in the Navy station in Charleston, and I was living in Augusta. And so we would get together on weekends and play and sing. And uh, decided that we had something that we wanted to, uh, you know, uh, give a go. And so uh, when Paul's Navy hitch was up, we uh, we moved to Atlanta, and uh, we had I think we had two weeks of work. And the but, rest is history. And we, 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 you know, but we moved and got apartments and with, and that was, we thought we'd play for a year and get it out of our systems and that was uh, 49 years ago. That's, an, you know, to me that's incredible. Uh, as I very well know, a lot of marriages don't last that long. And the amazing thing is we still like each other. Sort that is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no. been wonderful. We, we've, uh, there's an old saying that you you can become wealthy in the music business you just can't make a living at it and somehow we managed to find a niche that provided us an opportunity to perform but also uh we managed to make a living for a long time playing and singing and and uh it's been it's been great we've gotten to travel and the best part of all the travel is is the friends that we've made like rosie sandifer and friends all over the country and one of the really neat things is is because of the of the internet we managed to we've been able to stay in touch with folks um that we you know have that saw us in colorado in the 1970s or saw us in Colorado and Texas in the 70s and 80s. And, They've and, all gotten old, though. Yeah, that's the that's problem. <laughs> but you all haven't. Not at all. Changed a bit. The beauty of radio. That's right. <laughs> no, you all, uh, you know, there's another old saying that, that you all, I'm sure, are very well aware of. Um, no matter what you're doing, if you enjoy it, then it's not work. And you all, there is no doubt that when... I've seen you all on stage and doing your thing that you're enjoying every second of it. And even if it's the same Rocky Top that you've sung 50,000 times at this point, you, had you to still bring that enjoy up. it. And you had to bring up Rocky Top. Didn't you? Yeah. But I, I love that. And I used to, and, you know, I'd be the one out in the audience yell, yelling, sing it again, you know. <laughs> you know what's interesting is back, back in the... 80s and 90s, uh, we we would uh, we would play if if the if the occasion was uh, a dance situation, we would play a bunch of songs people could dance to. And uh, but what, lately, uh, we really are enjoying the concert environment where we can stand up on stage and be everything. You know, chat with the audience, go have some back and forth with with people live. And uh, that's probably where we're headed for for the future. Hmm. Just doing doing shows, concert shows. Every once in a while, we'll play a little a little place here and there with a for a friend. Like we play a place in in Crabapple called Hawks, and it seats about 80, 80 or ninety people. 
and uh, we go in there and and play. But but the concert the concerts are what really I, I enjoy them the most. Well, we're going to take let everybody digest uh, the fact of Banks and Shane being on America's Web Radio, which you know. You don't know how much I appreciate you all coming in. We'll be back right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to America's Web Radio. With David Moxley and... Banks and Shane. Mainly Banks and Shane, which is the best. Uh, You know, like I was saying as we were going to the break, how much I appreciate you all coming in. And um, with the life that you all live, you probably never went to bed last night. You just came on in, right? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, We... For years, we stayed up late playing, obviously. We could tell you stories. Um, but <laughs> nowadays, we're, you know, we're not working quite as, we're not working every night like we used to. And um, actually, I'm, I'm I don't know how really, we did that. I'm, Thanks. I'm, Pull your mic a little closer, would you? Certainly. Thank you, sir. I am, uh, I'm, I'm kind of an early go-to-bed guy when I'm not working. So uh, I think Paulie still stays up a little later, but. Uh, usually right after Jeopardy, I start dozing off. Ah, okay. Well, now we know the the history of the sleep pattern of uh, Banks. Uh, I don't know if we, we could handle your I, sleep pattern, Paul. I think I'm a 11 to midnight kind of guy. I, I stay up. Uh, I've, I'm still a bit of a night owl, but get up, get up, and get rolling in the morning. Not as not as not at 6:30. Don't get me wrong, but. <laughs> Let's get back to uh, Red Clay for a second. Where is it located, and when are you all playing there again? It is on Main Street, right in the middle of downtown Duluth. And it's uh, the best live performance venue that we have played 
almost anywhere. 260 seats. Great sound, uh, great very, lighting. Very intimate uh, theater environment. And the gentrification of downtown Duluth has been really remarkable. They have such a great group of folks there, and there, there's half a dozen restaurants you know, within walking distance of the theater, and there's a, a real downtown uh, kind of festival atmosphere there all of the time. And and the the Red Clay is one of the anchors, and and uh, Eddie Owen, who started, we talked earlier, Eddie uh, started uh, Eddie's Attic in Decatur, which was a very very successful listening venue. He's been out there at, uh, in Duluth now for about eight years, and it's just a terrific place. We're going to be there on May the 8th. Do uh, folks have to have reservations, or is it just walk in? No, you buy tickets. And typically, oh, okay. pre-pandemic, uh, we would play there three, four times a year and uh, you know, typically sell the place out. Like Paul says, it's a small theater, but it's just a, a great place to play, and, it, and it's a great place to watch a show. It's one of the one of the unusual things about venues. It's a wonderful place to watch a show, and it's a wonderful place to play. And it, it like Paul was talking before, it allows us opportunity to, to banter back and forth with our audience. It's an intimate room. Uh, but it has a theater environment, so it's it's perfect. And it has and it has a uh, beer and wine available during the intermission, which is really helps us. It's crucial to our performance. It helps us not only <laughs> it helps us be good, but it helps people palate what we're doing. Ah, so. you know, I uh, when I started in this business many many years ago in, in Lubbock. At KLBK, do you remember KLBK? KLBK. Thirteen forty on your radio dial. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was there uh, during the when Kennedy was assassinated. Wow. And so. So you won't be blamed for it. No, no, no. I was I was behind the little mound uh, where the puff <laughs> came from. No. no. Uh, anyway, um, it was. Uh, it goes back many, many years in the live concerts. I miss them, you know, and the and talent like you all and this theater that sounds very interesting, the Red Clay, and uh, want everybody to check it out. Yeah, get he, your tickets. It's also, um, you know, he he focuses on songwriters. He loves songwriters, but they also teach music there. They have uh, it's it's a full music center you know it's they call it the red clay music foundry but they have practice rooms and they have teachers and so it's for aspiring musicians young musicians it's a great place for them to go as well oh wow so did you start out on the guitar paul no but i i started playing guitar in high school because it's hard to pick up girls on the beach with a trombone <laughs> but it was I played I, played I don't know as talented as you are you might be able to with a bikini you know start, start a, yeah, yeah I, I never could get a parade going on the beach with a trombone but, so I started I started guitar uh, in, I guess in high school and what, what about you, Banks? Uh, always the banjo, or well, always the banjo. Always, <laughs> always the banjo. Uh, my sister came home from her freshman year in college, and she's five years older than me. And uh, my sister Pam brought home a plastic ukulele, 
mm-hmm. and taught me three chords on the ukulele. And she also had a Kingston Trio album among her uh, stuff. And so I started listening to that music and uh, playing my three chords and went from there to, you know, a little bit bigger ukulele, a baritone, and then from there to a guitar. So Fortunately, most Kingston Trio songs only have three chords. That's right. So. <laughs> well, I think it was Harlan Howard, the great country songwriter in Nashville, said one time that, you know, when you break it all down, country music ain't nothing more than three chords and the truth. <laughs> and uh, I think that's served served him well, and it's served us pretty well too. And a lot of a lot of truth in that statement. Yep. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Uh, so you all started. You met and played in Florida, and then after Florida, you came up here. Or? I was in the Navy. Oh, okay. And, uh, and uh, while Banks taught school in Augusta, Georgia, while I was. Uh, you're and the one. While I was finished, while I was finishing up my Navy hitch, and once I got out of the Navy in the, like June of '72, we made the move to Atlanta and decided we ought to do this for a little while. What did you do in the Navy? I feel like I ought to turn this into one of our uh, uh, veteran shows or something. I was a radarman, ah. which is now called operations specialist, but I was on a tin can. In the Atlantic, never went, never went west. But uh, it's a great experience. I'm proud of it. I uh, wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, we thank you for your service. My pleasure. And you were in? I was in the Air Force. Air Force. Yeah. Okay. But I was, uh, I was security police guy. Oh. And uh, but I got after tech school. I, I was uh, had a medical discharge. So I was only, I was only active duty for a little less than a year. Ah. Well, we do, uh, as I mentioned, we do a lot for the veterans and uh, want to keep everybody thinking about veterans. And uh, I'm very proud of my son. He's a major in the Air Force. You told me that. Nice. Right. Uh, uh, we're, we're, I'm very proud of him. But, you know, and I'm, we have to continue to think about our service folks, our veterans and our active duty. And uh, we also always mention the family that's left behind when someone deploys because they're they're deployed right along with them they in sure their own are. way they sure are and uh, uh i think you know i know we're gonna get back together again and uh probably do a patriotic segment at some point and uh, i was born on the fourth of july i've got a i'm, I'm patriotic to the core Fantastic. Well, we'll furnish you a flag if you need it. You know, uh, we have them all over the place, and I, uh, we, we are a quasi-conservative station, but at the same token, we're just, I guess, for lack of better words, we're a country station. We're just not. Even though my degree's in in agriculture, but uh, when I say country, we just love our country and. Uh, that's what we're all about, be it veterans or medicine or whatever the case might be. That's that's what we do at the station. We advocate for any good cause, like uh, 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 the St. Jude's uh, Children's Hospital. We did a, a thing with Rocky Blyer. Do you remember Rocky? That uh, was a vet- is a veteran. And, yeah. Uh, uh, also won four Super Bowl rings after being told that he'd never walk again. 
and uh, he works with uh, warriors to citizens and uh, Rocky's become a, a good friend and so that's what we do we advocate for any good cause and a good cause is Banks and Shane in my opinion <laughs> Speaking yeah, sure. of good causes. Because they be the best. It's time to open up. Time to come out and uh, have some shows. We're, we're really looking forward to that. And I think I'm hopeful uh, that it's going to happen uh, sooner rather than later. I think that we're a lot closer uh, to a, a herd immunity and to a break, uh, break, breaking loose of this thing. Everybody's ready. Than people realize. And I, and I think we're hopeful that... Um, it, you know the enthusiasm once people can go places again uh, that will carry right over and, and make us busy again you know I told you uh, when I'm doing when I'm interviewing vets that one of the questions that I always ask is can you be with a veteran or a group of veterans and name one vet that can tell only one story so I'm going to turn it around and do the same thing with you all if what comes to mind, Banks, in the 49 years, almost 50 years that you all have been together, one story that just totally stands out, and perhaps you all even tell the stories on stage? Well, um, there's a lot of stories. Yeah, there are a lot of stories that I, I think we were, we'd be not real comfortable telling at this point in our <laughs> lives. Uh, no, I, I, it's, it's, hard to, it's, it's hard to describe... Um, the adventure that this has been for us. I mean, we we like Paul said, we've remained close friends uh, for you know fifty years now, and we've gotten to travel and we've gotten to to play our music all over the world. And I think the the longer we we stay with this, and the more precious all of those uh, stories become. And and you know we'll be having a beer after work or you remember when you know and, and just it's it's just been such a great adventure. It's hard to point out one thing, but I think the thing that for me, as we've gotten older, I think we appreciate our audiences a lot more, particularly in the last year when we haven't been able to play for live audiences very often. I think that we really, really appreciate it. And there, I think the biggest story is, is not one specific event or one specific uh, uh, time. The biggest story is, is in the folks that have watched us play and continue to support us after 50 years. I mean, it's, Same it's, really, it's remarkable to me uh, the loyalty that these folks have, and the friendship and support that these folks have shown to us. Um, it really, that's the story. That, that's, the, that's the essence of, of what we are and what we've done and what we hopefully can continue to do. And the amazing thing is that we, have, we, we never have a song list. We, we usually will have a drink or two. And we will say, the show will start like, what do you want to do? I don't know, what do you want to do? So we come up with one song, and then we're off. off and it's, and it's, yeah, it's totally. Well, you know, one of the reasons that I call, and to answer your question, you know, well, it wasn't a question, but your statement about the audience, is that you two guys make people feel good. 
and that's the bottom line. They <coughs> it works both ways. Somebody goes to your concert or goes to the Red Clay, wherever, whatever y'all are doing. Or, uh, I think, Paul, you gave me one of your CDs many years ago, probably uh, 15 years ago, 14 years ago. Uh, but anyway. I wonder what happened to that thing. Yeah, well, uh, I autographed it for you. <laughs> so I can say I got an original. But, no, nah, is it, you know, whether it's playing a CD or, or just having the luxury of being at a live performance you all just generate good and generate feel good and people today that's exactly what they're wanting but uh, you always have and I think that it's it is reciprocal and I think that it 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 grows in intensity because of the of the back and forth the repartee that we are fortunate to have with the people that come to see us play. And I think the more we interact, um, the the stronger it becomes. And I and I really do think that's a big part. I mean, that's a great compliment you gave us. Yeah, thank but, you. But the, the, it's, it's very gratifying that we make folks feel good. But we're the ultimate recipient of that. I mean, the, the people make us feel good. And and it's it's all for us. It's always been you know about uh, sharing a, a good time with with the folks that have gone to the trouble to come see us play. I mean you know you can't you can't underappreciate um, the kindness that people have, have shown us uh, for our whole career. And it didn't start out as a career. Neither one of us ever thought this was going to be a. a, a <laughs> A whole long fifty-year journey. I, we started. We thought we'd, we'd try this for a year and get it out of our systems and go get real jobs. And now uh, it's too late to retrain. Yeah. So yeah, now we're too old to do anything else. <laughs> so we may as well keep playing. Well, but you're not too old to do a radio show. But it's 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 ah. it's, it's 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 the essence of it for for me and I think for Paul too. It's just the the, the gratitude um, that we've gotten to do um, something that's a dream and have gotten enough support to have made a living at it from the people that come watch us play. I mean, it's just... And we've I, been all over the world. I don't I mean, consider we, I don't consider our folks fans. As a matter of fact, several years ago, we did a little interview for the newspaper in Sandy Springs in order to promote the Heritage Concert Series. And, and it, occurred to, it occurred to us that, you know... I'm not so sure we have any fans at all, but we sure have a lot of friends, and that's of great value. Absolutely. You know, it's got to be, and I'll, I'll ask each of you to answer this, but how gratifying is it when you're doing a live concert or a, or a live event that you look out over the audience and you see their lips moving. As you all are singing, they're singing right along with you, particularly one song, but uh, many other songs that you all do. <coughs> That's, That's got to be, it's got to warm your the cockles of your heart. It is. It's nice, but part of it is because we... Sp- We've sung the same song so many times that they all have it memorized. <laughs> and and it's also extremely helpful uh, when you know when we would forget the words, we could count on somebody in the audience to what, what are we singing now? <laughs> Hello, Joe. Yeah, exactly. 
but no, I mean, it, no, it's very gratifying. It, you know, I, I was thinking of Sandy Springs um, when they do that concert. Uh, we do the concert there on in Sandy Springs. The place is full of people. I mean, the price is right, so so uh, you know the place is usually full of people, and it's just it's just a thousand people having a great time, and to stand to be able to stand on stage and look at that. I mean, if that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will. Well, like like Bank said it. it it obviously works both ways, and I think that you all will be one of the best cures and remedies and aspirin or pills or whatever you want to say when we come out of what we've been through the last year. Well, we and sure hope so. Thank you. I, I think that uh, that you all will be, be like going to a, a pharmacy and, and getting the right mixture made up for you and... And it's Banks and Shane, and I have no doubt. Well, that's, that's, that's really nice. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and you know, we need you. And I'm looking forward to 50 years from now doing this whole conversation over again. <laughs> well, you better get it recorded. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah, nah. Y'all, you all, uh, like I said, I think we ought to do a monument. And maybe we could get Rosie to do it. And... Uh, the monument to Banks and Shane, and we'll just put a recorder or a, a speaker in front of it, and, and just keep playing. Uh, That'll keep the pigeons. That should keep the pigeons away. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, uh, you know, oh, that now that's something I meant to bring up. Now I uh, again, I bet you didn't know this. You were talking about being in Lubbock on around Thanksgiving, I think, one time. Do you know what else happened or on the Thanksgiving week at Texas Tech? No. Talking about pit pigeons? No. They would have the pigeon hunt on the campus. and Never uh, heard of that. You had, to, you had to make reservations, and you had to be, I think, 21 to do it. But um, you could come on with your shotgun, and pigeons were open season. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> those were the days. <laughs> and you wore your boots and spurs. No. Uh, but... You know that that's something that that was a tradition attack. Well, our tradition in Lubbock was this was back in the 1970s, and it was uh, you couldn't buy Coors beer east nope. of the Mississippi River. Nope. And so we would, on our way out of town, would would stop by Pinkies, uh, right on uh, on the city limits there, heading down towards like yeah, the post. And we yep. were driving. And we would uh, we would load up and bring. You know, as many cases of Coors as we could fit in the cars. And what was funny was we'd hang on to the cans. We'd get back to Atlanta, and when we were out of Coors, we would take a, like a, a Miller Lite or a Bud Light and pour it in the Coors and hand it to a friend. And they, oh, this is the best beer I've ever oh, had. Oh, that is so much better than <laughs> we can get drinking, here. Drinking Miller Lite out of a Coors can. <laughs> you know, the other thing that uh, Lubbock was famous for was... The fact that uh, for years, and when y'all were there in 73, it was still that way. Where did you go to buy a bottle of booze? You went to the strip. Yeah. 
You had to drive out of town to it's buy a Pinkies. whiskey. To, yeah. Pinkies. Pinkies. What was it called? Quick Stop or? I, I, it was just called Pinkies. It was yeah. a big store. It was a big liquor store and right out on the strip. You're exactly and there were right. liquor store after liquor store after liquor store on the strip. That, uh, exactly. Uh, you could, but you had to go out of town. Now they finally changed, and they have. Uh, liquor by the drink, and they also have bottle shops. Well, they had, they had. I mean, when we played at the Brookshire, you know, it was obviously after that, that there was liquor by the drink in, yeah. in places. Yeah. Oh, I, I've eaten at the Brookshire Inn. That was a good restaurant. Oh yeah, it was sort of the, uh, you know, I, I've never had anybody that was dead on the air, so. I don't know. I haven't had that experience yet. Well, you ever had one in the audience? It could happen. We've had some dead audiences over the years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we certainly suspected that there were dead people out there. Uh, one time, one time we played for a a group in uh, was it Biloxi? Oh at gosh, the, at the casino. And they had been in meetings all day long. These people, and they said, "No, we got that. We're not finished. There's a band coming on." And before we finished our <laughs> first song, it, it, there it was, was one or two people left was, in the it, room. Really, there was seriously there were 300 people in this room, <laughs> and the guy from it, it was AT and T group. Oh yeah, and the guy from Atlanta had been a big fan of, and stuff, and so he hired us to come play for this party, and so. Like Paul says, it, these people had been in meetings, and it's right next door to the casino, this this auditorium. And like I, said, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the first song, but by th- after the first song, about a hundred people left. And after the second song, about fifty left. After the third, by the time we got to the fourth song, it was the five of us in our and band. The guy that hired the us. guy that hired us and his wife and his secretary. That was all <laughs> that was left. I mean, it was it was really pretty funny. I I can't believe anybody would walk out on Banks and Jim. <laughs> well, you, you've led well, a shelter, you've led a sheltered life. Sometimes <laughs> they just don't show up to begin with. We played we played for uh, Washington and Jefferson College up in Pennsylvania, and they didn't bother to promote the concert. And we flew up there, got all set up. A lot of sound, a lot of money for sound company, all the arrangements, and maybe it was fourteen people. Yeah, I was going to say it was a six hundred seat auditorium, and there wow. was fourteen people. But at least you know we outnumbered the crowd, so we could we didn't have to do requests. We could do what whatever and they, we wanted to do. And after the show, the guy that hired us said, "Well, next time we'll," <laughs> and we said, "Next time? <laughs> Are you kidding?" Ah, uh, well, it's you know. This is what what I wanted. This is exactly what I wanted to talk about. Your some of your all's experiences, and uh, that if anybody knows you two, uh, they're very privileged. I can guarantee you that, and know that uh, you know a lot of folks with your all's success would have changed, and uh, you know, I, I Paul, I've I've not known you that well, but Banks. And I uh, have sort of gotten to know each other in the past couple of months and so forth. But uh, you all just don't change. And that's that's what's, uh, you know, I could go to a con- your concert tonight and I know how entertained I'd be. 
Yeah, well, my buddy Harold Pruitt puts And it. I'd be the only one there. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> my buddy Harold Pruitt says, I'm just me every day. That's all I can do. Yeah. So. How true it is. So, with that, uh, we're, uh, we've still got a couple of minutes left. Uh, who are some of the other people that you've enjoyed working with? Well, you, you all introducing them or, or being the opening set? Go ahead, Paul. Well, we opened for a number of people in Naples at a concert series down there uh, over the years and uh, met a lot of nice people, but uh, <clears throat> but John Denver wasn't one of them. He, he, uh, we were told to do our show, do an hour, and then he was going to come on. And uh, so we did our hour. He came on, and the first thing he said was, I'm, I'm glad I could come out and do my little part of this program. <laughs> he, he was he was he was not. He was kind of a disappointment. Yeah, you but, know, we, but one some of, the, of them were great. One of the fun yeah. things that we got to do over the years, and not just at, at shows in other places, but uh, when we had our our club in Sandy Springs, was to, to feature uh, other acts. You know, people and people that we had admired, uh, you know, and people that were responsible for us getting into music. And we, we had the Kingston Trio there several times, and we had mm. the Limelighters there several times, and we got to be good friends with with those folks, and, and it was such a thrill because, uh, you know, they had both of those groups had a great deal to do with Paul and I picking up the guitar and, and starting to play and sing. And we were fortunate enough to do shows with them over the years, and and several other folks. It, it, yeah, it's it, that's a that's a fun thing. But we we played you know open shows for Peter Paul and Mary and the Smothers Brothers and Kenny Rogers and wow. the Righteous Brothers and you know lots and lots of uh, bands and and mostly by and by and large they they were all very very nice to us and very polite. And very professional, and unfortunately, John Denver was was kind of a disappointment. But I think he had some medical issues. That do you realize made, where John Denver went to school? Uh, I knew he in Lubbock, yeah, that, yeah Texas the, Tech. the center of the universe. Yeah, no. He was barely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a uh, uh, fraternity brother of a good friend of mine, Bill Hine, and uh, uh, yeah, I had heard that he could be uh, one of them. No, well, I think he was up and down. I think he was kind of maybe yeah, I think Paul, or something. I think Paul's right. I think he had some you know medical problems that were it weren't diagnosed and and you know some some personality uh, fluctuations and stuff. But but all in all, I've never been accused. Of no. that. <laughs> You're steady Eddie. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean the uh, uh, performers that we were able to feature at Banks and Chains. And the performers with whom we've been fortunate uh, enough to work with, um, yeah, that's been a, that's been an interesting uh, part of a, part of our thing too. I mean, um, you, you mentioned uh, earlier before we were on the air. You mentioned Jeff Foxworthy. Well, Jeff is everybody's favorite guy, and, and there's a reason for it because he's just a terrific and generous and kind individual. But he told us a story. He said that back when. He, Jeff was in high school. His parents had separated, and his father was, ran a Kroger store in Tucker. And he would go spend weekends with his dad, and he would. we were playing at the Steak and Ale in Tucker. That was kind of our home base in those days. And Jeff has told the story several times that, you know, he would sneak in and watch us play 
and and say to himself, I, I, "Man, that looks fun. I got to figure out how to do something like that." And of course, we said, "You figured it out pretty good." Jeff. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it worked out pretty well for you. I but uh, those sorts of relationships, and we've been fortunate to do some shows with Jeff over the years, and and you know that 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 really kind of makes you feel good that somebody that's that talented and that um, and that successful. Uh, would would put up with the likes of us. I mean, you know, that's that's quite a compliment and something oh, that we're Paul, very anyway. proud of. Paul, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no, so. I, you know, it's sort of like the story of that uh, Rocky Blyer will tell about. Uh, that one of the first questions I asked him was, what is Terry Bradshaw really like? And, I, and he said, well, you walk in a room, the locker room, wherever. Wherever Terry is, you walk in and you start laughing. And that's that's, that's sort of a, like with Foxworth. That's a yeah. good thing. I can remember one time I went to when Eddie Owen was at his Eddie's attic in Decatur. I went in to see him one day at lunchtime, and Amy of the Indigo Girls was there. And he said, "Would you like to meet her?" And I said, "Oh my gosh, I'd love to meet her." So we went out on the upper deck, and he introduced me to her. <clears throat> and the first, he said, "This is Paul Shane of Banks and Shane," and she said. I saw you when I was in the fourth grade at Hambrick Elementary School, <laughs> and and uh, I just couldn't believe that because they were so very successful at that time already. And uh, yeah, she said that she went home and told her daddy, "I want a guitar." And yeah, and the Indigo Girls were, you know, like Paul says, extremely successful and very 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 talented. You know, like with you all. It would seem the bigger the personality, the nicer they are, and I consider you all at the top of the at the top of the list. Well, uh, thank you. You know, and it's it's a pleasure having you in the studio and a pleasure being. Uh, well, thanks. Being I wish you. people could see this palatial studio. It is just <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah, <It's> <laughs> the chandeliers, the whole thing. It's yeah. it unbelievable. It puts white columns to shame. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I didn't. I didn't know you did go out and get a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't take much, does it? <laughs> one one cup of coffee and Paul's boom is uh, going into uh, some kind of place that I don't think I want to go. But <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> anyway, we're. Uh, I hope you all are having a good time. That's that's very important to. To we me, we really appreciate you having us and hope we get to do it again. Well, you know, it's it's your station whenever you want it and whatever we decide on. And I want to push uh, Red Clay again uh, in the center of Duluth. Eddie Owen presents. And so, and people need to call and get their tickets. Or you can or you can go to the website um, Eddie Owen presents and you can buy your tickets online. And he has shows two three nights a week. And like Paul said, it's it also for young aspiring musicians. I mean, it's literally like the school of rock. I mean, they have they have they teach piano, drums, bass, uh, guitar, uh, banjo, fiddle. I mean, and and it's all uh, it's in partnership with the, like we said with the city of Duluth. And it's just, it's been an enormous success, and it's a great place. And, you know, Eddie's really struggled, like all of us have in this business, for the last year. And we just, uh, you know, would encourage people not only to come see us play there, but support places like the Red Clay Theater, because it truly is a treasure, a music treasure in our community. How far will my press pass get me when I go to the front door? It'll get you to the box office. <laughs> 
to the box house. Yeah, after that, you're on your own. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, what if I go in and I say, look, I know Banks and Shane. <laughs> that reminds me of that something. Will, that, that will uh, double the uh, cost to get in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that reminds me. I think David O. Selznick came up with the line, with, is, are, you, are you with the band? Let's just say I'm not against them. <laughs> so, it's a double-edged sword. You, you there's, put yourself in some jeopardy just by mentioning an association with us. And by the way, you can also visit banksandshane.com and give you an opportunity to buy our new album, which oh. is called Perfectly Imperfect. And it's all... It's it's 25 cuts from concerts done over the last 10 years at the Red Clay Theater. Wow. That's and it comes in what formats? Right now just CD. And 8 track. An 8 track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, most people would think you're kidding, but I know you're serious. <laughs> and you're probably selling the 8 uh, track tapes too, huh? And yep. who's who's pictures on the front of it? Oh, on on the front of the eight track. Yeah, yeah. Um, John Denver. Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and we know where he is, but um, that was a tragedy unto itself, you know. Yes, he it was. was a very talented uh, individual. He was indeed. Um, but wasn't a good pilot, I don't guess. He just made a bad decision. Well, what yeah. is they? What are they? What are Pilots all say that they're they're old pilots and they're bold pilots, but there are no old bold pilots. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. And uh, to put it in the drinks, a tough way to go. But uh, anyway, it has been an absolute pleasure for me and thrilled to be in the same small room with you. And well, thank you for just, having us. Oh, and want to make sure that people go to the the Red Clay. What's the rest of it? It's, it's the Red Clay Music Foundry, but you can find it online at Eddie Owen Presents. Eddie Owen Or Presents. you can go to banksandshane.com, and we'll send you there. Gotcha. That that sounds like a deal to me. And uh, it's like worth this. it's worth going. Not, you know, he he has so much interesting stuff there. You reckon we ever we could ever get him in to uh, be on the show? Absolutely, I think he would be. And you talk about some interesting stories. He's got some great. He's got, a, he's got a history. Well, with that being said, we've got to put the plug in the jug and get out of here. And uh, thank Banks and Paul Shane for coming in. Happy to be and, with you. Uh, we're going to be talking some more right after the show, I bet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.